Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yikes. What in the world was that? Uh, welcome to our We Are podcast here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Corey Geiger coming to you from Ann Arbor, Michigan, I'm joined by Jared Prugar, as uh, we always are on this podcast. Jared, um, I think I, mean, I want to try to not overreact too much while at the same time realizing Penn State got its ass beat. So let's try to juggle both of those things if we can. I'm here for it, Corey. Let's juggle. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I This was not a must-win game. I tried to prepare people in my preview that I wrote Friday by saying this is not a must-win game. It was a must-play-well game. We wanted to find out if Penn State is for real or not, and a lot of fans got the answer that they just didn't want, Jared. Yeah, I mean, I, oof. I mean, those first two drives were just hideous. Um, and you can't win games that way. You just can't. And I feel bad for Manny Diaz's defense because I thought the defense played really well. But they, there's only so much you can do when you're on the field the entire time. That's See, that's an interesting concept here. We got a lot of things we can talk about. Um, you're not wrong that they were on the field all day, but they gave up 418 yards rushing. They did not play well. They played horrifically. And I thought Manny Diaz had a horrific day because I thought coming into this, this was going to be a cat and mouse game. And let me backtrack a little bit. We've, we've talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't think Penn State's linebackers are very good. And so I knew Michigan was going to run the ball. So Manny Diaz then, Jared, had to come up with something to prevent Michigan from doing what it did today, which is running for 400 yards. So I, I'm not dismissing your point about being on the field all day, but at the same time, 400 yards rushing tells me that your defense isn't real good. Well, mine is largely based on what their performance was in the first half, which was competent. Um, yeah, the they two, had a the lot. Of, they had a couple goal goal line stands, mm-hmm. and I thought they played pretty well. Um, now, obviously, it got real sideways after the break. Um, but you know, early in the game, they weren't getting helped out. And the, I mean, we talk about complimentary football all the time and there wasn't anything complimentary about Penn state's game at all. Um, and I think there are still issues special teams wise. The alternating kickers, uh, is frustrating. Um, it cost them a penalty. I think, you know, uh, at one point in the game, but you know, 
you got to come ready to play. You're playing a top five team in the country, and they just weren't ready to play. Okay. After so- a bye week, and that's it's every year. It's the same thing. This is interesting. Again, I because I think this we talked about this either last week or two weeks after that, were they ready to play? I do think Penn State was ready to play. We So we can kind of split hair, hairs here a little bit on what we mean. I think they were ready to play. I just don't think they're anywhere good enough. And remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Are they going to be ready to play, But and are they good enough? And so to me, I, I, I just – I think the bigger underlying issue, and this is where we have to get into the – do we? how much do we want to overreact here – I just don't. I don't think Penn State's anywhere near good enough. I mean, not remotely close. If they played, if, if they played this team fifty times, I think the score would be worse than this in thirty. It should have been worse than, than exactly. what it was today. Exactly because Penn State. I mean, Penn State was playing horrifically and yet still led seventeen to sixteen in the third quarter on some fluky things. So, I, I that that's where. That's where I just I'm I'm curious your thoughts and everybody's thoughts on do we want to overreact and say Penn State was just drastically overrated, or do we need to dial it back and say maybe this was just a really bad matchup or, or what have you? I think it can be a mixture of everything. I think the uh, we coming into this game we didn't really know a lot about Michigan. We didn't really know a lot about Penn State because there weren't many challenges uh, that they had faced coming into this game. We know that Michigan is a top five team. We know that Penn State is not a top 10 team right now. Um, yeah, they played well at Auburn. Uh, they struggled against Northwestern, and they beat the teams that they should have beaten. Um, and that's normal, right? But they came into the big house in, in a great atmosphere at an, on a noon kickoff, which I thought was a benefit to Penn State. Um, but they just weren't ready. And, and, and maybe they weren't ready in the sense that – you know, it was more of the fact that they just didn't go out and execute. And offensively, they were just abysmal. Um, and I don't think that Sean Clifford had a great game by any means. Nick Singleton was running scared. And and Michigan's a good team. And I think we saw that today. Um, but I don't know that it's necessarily an overreaction. Penn State's just not that good. Um, but Michigan might just be that good and that much better. Yeah, and that's that's certainly fair. I mean, they, they what Michigan does – is something that I don't think Penn State's really good at stopping right now, and that is the run. There are a lot of different ways we can dissect this game. I don't think Penn State's linebackers are very good. But I want to mention this because this came up uh, from the Michigan perspective, okay? You can read our coverage of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we've got all I've got all the Penn State perspectives. Sometimes we don't always get all the other teams' perspectives because we don't go to the visiting locker room. This came up in the ESPN story, Jared, about the visiting locker room. He said, this is uh, from Adam Rittenberg's story, Michigan defensive lineman Mike Morris said the standoff at halftime, because the players got into it in the tunnel, said the standoff stemmed from Penn State players talking trash on social media before the game. Morris is quoted saying, we all told each other they want to have those Twitter fingers, they want to talk on social media, and then they didn't talk on the field. They wanted to talk at halftime because they got lucky. And that is true. They did get lucky. So here's what J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, said. Like Coach Harbaugh said in the locker room, it was a butt kicking in every which way a butt could be kicked. Just being able to do it in the fashion that we did was just awesome to see. So so this is interesting here because – 
you want to talk about being prepared in a bye week. And I look, I, I haven't gone searching yet for social media posts of what Penn State players might have said and what what uh, offended the, these Michigan players. But, I mean, how, how dumb do you have to be if you're going to be on social media talking crap and then you go out there and get your, your head handed to you like that, Jared? I mean, you got to put up or shut up. And they just they, they got shut up quickly. And yeah, I mean, social media is a is a is a beast in its in and of itself. But you know, it's just one of those deals. And I, you gotta if you're gonna if you're gonna talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk. And Penn State has not done a great job of of doing that in recent memory. Well, I mean, right? Because if if you're gonna go out there and and write or say or whatever these things that, the, that, that these missions, and you're just going to give them bulletin board material. That's one thing I think James Franklin has always been really good about. He's calculated. He personally doesn't give bulletin board material. I got to think this is going to be an issue. Uh, you know, now he's going to have to address this. But b- before we wrap up this first segment, here, here's, here's the money shot. All right. This is what James Franklin said about really how the game came into play. And it was all about the, the, the lines uh, because th- this is where, look, Michigan just dominated them on both sides of the ball. And I think it's the biggest difference between these two programs. It's going to be the biggest difference between program when, when Penn State plays Ohio State. It, it's just Penn State's got all these skill position guys and they've recruited very well. But if you're going to play to this caliber on the line, it's a big problem. Franklin said about the line play, it's all of it. We got to develop. We got to recruit. We got to get bigger. We're undersized in some spots. And he's talking about the defensive line. He says, everybody thinks they're Aaron Donald now and they're not. Everybody sees Aaron Donald playing undersized and everybody thinks they're that guy. And there's been one of those guys in the last hundred years of football. So we need to be bigger. We need to be more physical. That that's a, Big, big problem right there. That's a gigantic red flag out of this game because that that is a foundational problem that he Franklin was pretty honest about it. That's a foundational problem that tells me you will never beat Michigan or Ohio State unless you can get that stuff figured out. And we're in year eight, Jared. How, how does he not have this stuff figured out? Yeah, right, and and the, and what's crazy is that they're not. It's not that they're not producing offensive linemen in the NFL. Like they have done that. Connor McGovern, Donovan Smith, the guys like that that have played in the NFL, and they're doing you know doing so like so, as we speak on this day, you know on Sunday. But you know James Franklin has poignant messages when he speaks, whether it's a, a press conference about the AD or the university and the money that they need or the NIL stuff, or or whatever, when James Franklin speaks, people listen. Now, why they haven't been able to recruit, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a numbers crunch or whatever, but offensive line has not been a position of strength. But I think really is he, he's probably the talking sanctions. about defensive line here, though. He's talking about defensive line as well. When you right. line up and get destroyed for 400 yards rushing, when you know the team is going to come out and run the ball, I mean, defensive line has been an area of strength for them for a long time. That, but that's that's a problem here, right? Yeah, and I mean, on both sides of the ball, and, and how they haven't, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because you know, if you're a defensive lineman or a defensive front seven guy, you probably should go to Penn State 
Um, it, it, they've had a lot of success, but today they got eaten alive. And, and a lot of that, you know, you, you look at, you look at the numbers game, you had, you had two rushers. Now, don't get me wrong. That's a, that's a pretty formidable, you know, run backfield. Those are two guys that could easily be in the Heisman in Heisman contentions in and of themselves, but you let them go for a hundred plus, um, both of them, uh, that's, that's never good. And that's not just on the linemen, but that's on the linebackers and the, the safeties as well. And that's, you know, that's a rough situation to be in when you're just getting manhandled like that. Uh, we're going to step away for a quick break. When we come back, how much trouble is Penn State in? We'll get into that. They're going to have to avoid letting this game beat them twice. So we'll look ahead there. And then the quarterback situation with Sean Clifford and Drew Aller. We'll, we'll get into all that coming up here in our second segment. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey Geiger and Jared Prugar. Enjoy. All right, so this was a terrible loss. Now Penn State, Jared, has to avoid this being a death spiral like what happened last year after they started 5-0. and So um, where, where are you right now with next week's game against Minnesota? Because that game, look, they're not going to beat Ohio State. We know that. But the game against Minnesota next week, the wideout, keep in mind, Tanner Morgan, Minnesota's 24-year-old, six-year quarterback, he got injured in their loss to Illinois on Saturday. Uh, good, good reports out of the hospital. He was alert as of Saturday night, so that's good to hear. Uh, but they, Minnesota could be without their quarterback next week. Where are you, Jared, in your confidence level that Penn State can bounce back and beat Minnesota? Uh, I'm about 60-40 at the moment. Um, I, and, and the reason is, you know, Minnesota is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination this year. Um, so it, it's just one of those situations where you hope for the best. And Penn State's got to come out and stop the bleeding. They have to. They can't let one loss turn into two, turn into three. Because the, these three games, starting with Saturday's loss at Michigan, turns into this is their season. This is the difference between ten and two, eleven and one, nine and three, eight and four, seven and five. Because if you lose to Minnesota, you lose to Ohio State. Now you're in danger of losing the locker room. Now you're in danger of it just spiraling out of control. If you win against Minnesota, okay, you save a little bit of face. You know that ten and two is attainable. But you have to come out and stop the bleeding. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is just a, such a gigantic game for this season. And, and from a confidence standpoint and confidence, eh, I don't know if that's quite the right word, but faith in James Franklin. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the criticism of James Franklin is out in full force following this Michigan loss. Just the by the bye week stuff, two and fourteen against top ten teams, can't win these kind of big games, gets humiliated at, at, at Michigan for a third time. This is really bad for James Franklin. He's got to find a way because he has struggled after these first losses during his tenure of getting guys to regroup. 
Now, they've got everything going for them next week. It's a home game. It's a whiteout. Maybe the other team will be without its quarterback. I mean, they've got every reason in the world to think that they can beat Minnesota. If they come out and lose to Minnesota, uh, they, they will have lost the season because at that point you're going to lose to Ohio State. And then at that point, Sean Clifford doesn't play anymore, period, uh, at all. I mean, it is Drew Aller. If you, if you lose all three of these – you cannot, you just simply cannot keep playing Sean Clifford. So let's get into that. He has a 62-yard run. I wanted to see him run more, Jared. That was a big play. Uh, he had the big pass to Harrison Wallace in the third quarter. Two big plays there. But he's 7 of 19, 120 yards. The offense didn't look good. I, I have been hesitant to say turn this thing over to Drew Aller because I still think Sean gives them the best chance to beat Minnesota and beat Ohio State. But, man, I, I, I think there has to be a quarterback competition going forward. Yeah, and, well, and, and listen, I love watching Sean Clifford walk off the field. He didn't look overly injured. I don't know what – pure, it's pure speculation on what is injured because it was undisclosed. And, you know, we all know that James Franklin's not going to talk about it. Um, but – you just don't know. And I don't know. I don't want to speculate on what the injury is, but well, there was an it indication that it was his shoulder. There was an indication right. that it was his shoulder. And there was a report that he didn't have, again, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on after games. And as we're recording this, it's hard to ca catch up on everything, but there was a report that he didn't have his pads on no helmet and that there was a shoulder thing, but was he really hurt or look, they were going to get drew Aller in the game. Anyway, it was 34 to 17 at that point, the game's over. So yeah, right. are, are you just saving face with Sean Clifford or was he actually banged up? Because here's the thing, if he's banged up and he couldn't go into that game, how banged up is he going to be for Minnesota? Yeah, and I, I don't really know. Um, and that's the thing. Do you roll with a healthy Aller and see what happens? You know, or do you roll with an injured Sean Clifford? No. And you do and you not roll, roll with an with injured that. Sean Clifford. Not a, They did that against Illinois. If he's 100%, yeah. I'm okay still staying with Sean Clifford, but keeping on a short leash. And, and last it, year, it was probably for the best that they played an injured Sean Clifford because there wasn't anybody behind him that was any better. Um, and take one Roberson sure as hell didn't prove I that. I don't know about that. I think they beat Illinois with Christian Veyer. I think they Veyer, yes. With Veyer. Yeah. And I think they just needed to give him a shot. But I don't yeah. know at that time if he was the backup quarterback yet. If um, if, if Clifford is 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 eighty five percent next week, he's on the bench. I I, yeah. I mean, look, I, how much better is he than Drew Aller anyway? Five ten percent maybe. If Clifford is not a hundred percent, he cannot be playing. Now again, we don't know that. We don't know what the case might be. But I I am absolutely steadfast in, in my belief that if he's not a hundred percent. You have got to go with the other guy. Yeah, and I, I, you have to. And honestly, I think that they need to be thinking about it, even if Sean Clifford's healthy. I mean, you lose any of these next two games. I mean, what is your ceiling? You want to be 10-2? and two? Um, You got a tough Maryland game uh, still on the schedule, uh, November 12th. Um, Michigan State looks to be not nearly as – good as what Mel Tucker's contract warrants. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, 10 and two is attainable um, if they win against Minnesota, but K Drew Aller should be able to lead them. 
Um, and I thought it was kind of telling that he was in there with the first group still. Um, it looked like as far as skill position players, but, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be a long year because everybody's going to be talking about whether they think Sean Clifford should be playing over Drew Aller or not. Yeah, that, or we're, vice we're versa. there. We're there now. Well, so and, I mean, I'll, and, I'm going to put And deservedly so. If Sean Clifford is 100%, who do you think should start next week? I think Drew Aller. What have you got to lose? If you're going to go 10 to 2, you might as well go with 10 to 2 with a guy that's going to be there next year. Yeah, I just, I, I, I know a lot of people are going to disagree. It's tough. Here. It, 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 it's if, really tough. If Sean is 100%, I still think you play Sean, you start Sean, but you give Drew some series to prepare him still for Ohio State. Uh, because you, you, every, you, you said it. And this is a sentiment I think that is out there. And I hate to say I think you're wrong, and I think everybody's wrong, but you do, you're, you've only lost one game. You're like, well, what do you, what do you got to lose? Well, you got to lose another game. You're going to lose to Ohio State. You can't lose to Minnesota. Under any circumstance can you lose to Minnesota. Because no. if, you, if, you, if you beat Minnesota and lose Ohio State, you can still go 10-2. and two. And do you know where they go at 10-2, and two, Jared? They go to the Orange Bowl. I'm all about Miami for New Year's, Corey. So, so that, yeah. Right, but that's that's the point. This notion of what is there to play for? Well, I mean, a ten and two season in a New Year's Six Day game is still pretty damn good. Now, keep in mind that would mean losses to your biggest rivals in your most important games. But that's why I, I'm I'm just not ready against Minnesota to say go ahead and start Allard. Now, again, if Clifford is not a hundred percent, let me make this perfectly clear. Then I'm fine starting Allard. If Clifford's 100%, I think you still play both of them. But uh, no matter what, you have got to beat Minnesota to avoid that death spiral like we saw last year. Yeah, and and that's I think that's, you know, that's a lot more attainable than we thought going into Michigan. I thought it was going to be a competitive game, um and it wasn't. I mean, for the first half it was, but but even then it really wasn't on the stat sheet. You know, miraculously football's a wild game and football you know, they were on they were on the scoreboard and they were up, you know, courtesy of that pick six and courtesy of the defense being competent. Um, but and 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 that big time Sean Clifford run, that like that run was great. It had everybody deked out and that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean you have to go with what's gonna give you a chance to win. And if that's Drew Aller, then it's Drew Aller. And and it sucks because Sean Clifford's been there forever and we but he, to me, he's one of the most polarizing, if not the most polarizing player in the social media era at Penn State. And the reason why is because you either love him, you hate him, you love to hate him, you hate to love him. And then he goes out and puts on a performance like he did, you know, Saturday afternoon. And and don't get me wrong, Penn State had, you know, had a lot of things going against them today, but he just did not look good. Hey, um, look, and one of those things is the coaching. Um, I, I felt all along coaching was going to be a big factor in this game. I just thought Penn State's coaches were terrible in this game. I thought Manny Diaz did not come up with anywhere near enough schemes and strategies to slow Michigan down. I thought Mike Yersich was terrible uh, with these running, running plays right in the middle of the gut that weren't going to work, fade patterns all over the place. Uh, just really bad. And I thought Yersich has been really good all year. Terrible in this game. James Franklin with an awful decision to punt. I mean, start to go for it. Uh, down 24-17, seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. He goes for it on fourth and six from the Michigan 39. 
Michigan 39, down 24 to 17. Here's what James Franklin says about that particular um, about that particular thing. He says, uh, pull up the quote. You get to a point from a score perspective, you're trying to win the game. Obviously, if you don't convert, you put the defense in a more challenging spot. I get that. But trying to win the game. Punting, what the score gets to at that point and the clock gets to that point, I don't think it's going to give you the – Jared, it was a one-score game with seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. His comment, I think, is the dumbest thing James Franklin has said in his tenure. Again, he saw he's saying – uh, punting with score gets to that point and the clock gets to that point. I don't think it's going to give you the best chance to win. He if it's the it fourth seem, quarter, yes, he, yeah, he made it seem like there's but it's three, the third. three minutes to go in the game. You're down one score. Barney Amore yeah. punts and pins them at the fi- look. Hey, folks, they're still going to lose the game. Michigan might have scored on a 95 yard touchdown run on the next play anyway. I'm just merely talking about the decision, and that's the kind of decision that makes people think that James Franklin is a terrible game day coach. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, and I, I think in, in the, if, if it's the fourth quarter, that probably makes a lot more sense, but it's yeah. the third quarter. You're down seven and third quarter. Barney Moore has been your most consistent player all year. <laughs> like, let's be real. So you let him do his thing and yeah. Okay. It was windy, but you let go out and see what he can do and pin them back, make them work for that touchdown, make them work for first downs. Yep. Um, put them in conflict. Maybe you get a turnover. Maybe you get a turnover yeah. deep, deep in Michigan territory. Maybe, maybe your, your defense. Look again, these are all gigantic ifs, but you can't put, you can't go for it there. No, I, I didn't like that call to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. You, like and that those I think I, I mean they definitely got outcoached, but I think they put a lot more pressure on this game than they ever have before. And James Franklin is not a coach that handles that well. It's that one to no mentality, and that one to no mentality when you skew away from it, it's completely different. But we ta- he talked about changing up the bye week, and that was the big mo this week at practice. Is they changed the bye week. They didn't have the developmental thing. It, it was the whole team. They didn't give everybody the week off or whatever during the buy and it still didn't work, but you have these routines and you still, it's still the same result and you have to get over that. And yeah, Michigan had the benefit of playing last week, but you gotta come out and, and come out firing on all cylinders and they were down, you know, six cylinders of an eight cylinder engine. All right. We're going to step away for a quick break here. Alabama lost. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the rest of the country here, what we think of Penn State going forward, what we think of the rest of the college football landscape going forward. Here coming up in just a moment. Welcome back to our third and final segment of the DK Pittsburgh Sports on the uh, We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, Jared, Alabama lost, man. There, there's chaos in college football now. Is Alabama going to make the playoff? Roll tide, baby. I listen. I think that they do. I just because Bama things, right? That's the thing. They're going to beat 
whoever they need to beat, and Saban's going to find himself in the playoff again, and they're going to dismantle Clemson or one of the teams from the SEC or the ACC. I'm sorry. But uh, listen, I love the fact that they lost. I love the fact that ten- things are going very well for Tennessee. Rocky top, baby. Um, and uh, listen, this is the best part about college football. The SEC finally has parity. Because uh, listen, I don't think this is a down team for Alabama. It's not like Nick Saban's got any less five stars. Bryce Young is a very, very good quarterback. Um, and Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. But hey, listen, they're losing. And that's normal. But Georgia's good. Tennessee is good. Ole Miss is a dark horse in the SEC. Um, and I and even Kentucky's got some skills this year. Will Levis, baby. He was former Penn State great. 17 times he ran against Rutgers. <laughs> 17 times. I uh, I look at this. I look at Alabama, man. I think I don't think they're going to make it this year. Uh, Tennessee, I think it just makes it more difficult for them logistically. If Alabama gets to the SEC title game, they could have afforded a loss to Georgia and still gotten in with one loss. But now, if they lose to Georgia, they're not getting in with two losses, and that that whole thing with it with Tennessee just creates a lot. So now we're going to have a lot of different scenarios here with uh, with some teams coming into play. But uh, I just wanted to ask you. I wanted to mention Alabama just to point out because other teams do lose. You know, Penn State fans are kind of ready to jump off the ledge right now, and Franklin's terrible and all this stuff, and everybody's just griping about it. That's what happens in college football. We overreact, and that's just what we do. So let's try to let's try to bring it back down to reality a little bit. They're five and one. Couple tough games left coming up. What do you see as Penn State's final record at the end of the regular season, Jared? I think it's going to be nine and three. Um, I think that they beat Minnesota. I think that they lose to Ohio State, and I think they lose to Maryland. Um, I don't think that they'll have an issue with Michigan State. Although, hey, they shouldn't have had an issue with them last year if they passed the damn football. Um, but instead, they didn't have a running game, and they decided to run the football. Um, so, hey, kudos to James Franklin on being a game day coach. Um, but I think it's going to be nine and three, and I'm all aboard the Aller train. Al, Drew Aller can get them to nine and three. Ask against Sean Clifford. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go nine and three. Also, we have a lot of leeway here with nine and three because they're going to lose to Ohio State. That's two, and so the third one could be Minnesota, Maryland, or Michigan State. Uh, I would just say this: it needs to be at worst nine and three because if you're eight and four and you're losing, you know, four of your last seven games. I mean, this we'll we'll just be in the exact same boat we were in of this collapse after a five and zero, oh, five and zero oh start. They could still go ten and two if they beat Minnesota, lose Ohio State, and then win out. Ten and two is the Orange Bowl. Ten and two is a quality season. Welcome to Miami. Yeah, right. Exactly. So they there there is still a lot to play for. This is not the end of the season. As I pointed out, this was not a must win game. Everybody feels bad and, and angry about what happened because Penn State played so poorly. I did. I think it was a must play well game, as I mentioned earlier, and they certainly didn't do that. But but ten and two is still a possibility. Nine and three wouldn't be great at this point because that would mean another loss somewhere that you should win. But, hey, look, it, it, other teams lose. You know, there's so, no. yeah, I know. Everybody's uh, undefeated, Corey. I know. There's so much passion for all this. It's just funny to see the reaction, fans, media, everybody a- after a loss. Right. I mean, it, it is the end of the world. Um, it is truly the end of the world. We get football next week. And I think the one thing to note, 
uh, this year, especially against Ohio State, is it's another noon game. Yeah. Um, obviously, next week is prime time, and that, and I think that largely is why I think Penn State wins against Minnesota. It's prime time, seven o'clock, seven thirty game, uh, white out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you just that's college football, man. I love it. Um, and then obviously Ohio State is the noon kickoff again for another four hour Fox game, which sucks. But hey, I don't pay. I don't make nearly enough money to make decisions like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, and hey, who's who doesn't love a little chaos, Corey? Well, I was I was stunned to see four hundred yards rushing. I, I would I, I knew Michigan would run the ball. Yeah. I, I thought two fifty was a reasonable. It uh, would have been a huge total. Four hundred, unacceptable. Um, very disappointing effort by the Penn State coaches uh, in, in just a lot of ways. So I I, I want to close with this. We talked about this earlier about who should start versus Minnesota. I'm going to put put you on the spot. Who do you think will start the game at quarterback against Minnesota? Sean Clifford. I actually think it's going to be Aller. I think I, – I, I You have, said who who, who – Who will. Who, who will, okay. Who yeah. will. I, I think I – think, Because my I answer think, for should is different. I think, I, think, I think Clifford is probably a little banged up. And as I said earlier, if he's not 100%, then you might as well give Aller a shot. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here and say that maybe Clifford is dealing with something – and they'll expect again. I hate to say this, especially if Tanner Morgan is out for Minnesota, that gives you a little more leeway against Minnesota, and so you can maybe take more of a chance with Drew Aller there. Yeah, I think that's true too. Um, I think you know should who should start is Drew Aller. Okay, um, but I mean, like James Franklin's a loyal guy. Um, now, I do think that. Sean Clifford banged up isn't as good as Drew Aller is healthy. Um, but hey, listen, prime time, give the freshmen some give the freshmen some love. Let's see what happens. Because what's the worst gonna happen? It's not like you're going undefeated. Orange Bowl is still at play. New Year's six is still at play. Hell, even the division is still in play until the week after. Uh yeah, let's not get carried away. Yeah, hey, look, no, there look, if they beat Ohio State, if they pull off a miracle and beat Ohio State, then yeah, everything is still in play. But all right, we're going to wrap it up on that. Everybody back up off the ledge. It's just one loss. Uh, maybe they can figure this out. Uh, if they lose to Minnesota, we'll come back next week and we'll rip the holy hell out of them because they will absolutely deserve it there too. So, hey, for Jared Krugar, this is Corey Geiger. Thanks for tuning in to our We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. 